Hello guys, it's your girl Yan. I hope you all are doing okay. I'm sorry that I took longer than expected to, you know, start part two of the show. I was not expecting this to be this long. This is literally like some months, okay guys? Some real long months. Y'all be wondering, where is she? She just come out with part one and then she disappears. I apologize, guys. I'm sorry. Um, forgive me for the noise in the background as well. Had a lot of stuff. And I had to just clear it all out. And I'm free. Definitely. For this week. And for next week. So part two, we gotta be juggling. And we have to get straight to it. Now, I remember I was talking about prosperity gospel, right? And I uploaded it. How do you say it? I uploaded it around in March. So that's a whole lengthy month. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I really am sorry. I love all the supporters. I love all the people who tune into my first episode and those who are tuning in now. If you guys don't know me already, let me reintroduce myself. I'm Yanni. Shortening for Yannick. And... The Millie Show is basically a talk show, right? I call it the Millie Talk. It's the Millionaire's Talk. Where we talk about strategies. We talk about the Bible. We talk about um, ways how... God shows us how we can make millions just by following the word, just by reading his word, just by getting deeper revelation by the Holy Spirit, getting deeper understanding by God himself. I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, you don't really need the Bible to make millions. I could just show you a quick way to how to do drop shipping and so forth and you can make billions of dollars but when you really look at what they're saying and look at what god is saying they're just copycats and you're like 
how are they copycats? I literally can tell you that there are some millionaires who say that they follow the strategies of the Bible and it works. But how can it work for them when they aren't believers of Christ? They just read the Bible and then they see the step and then do it because they're dedicated and they follow through with it and it works for them. Their faith is placed in that thing so much that it works for them. And this is where we're turning back around to Christians. This is where we're showing you guys that people who are not Christians can use the Bible and still generate enormous amount of wealth. And we think that, oh, they, they're doing some occult stuff. Some of them are, of course, I will not deny it. Some of them aren't. And they use the principles of the Bible to generate their massive wealth. So my question is, why can't you use the thing that God gives you to generate your own wealth? And this is basically what it, Melly Talk is all about. Um, so we'll get straight into part two in just a sec. I just wanted to introduce this show to everybody. Um, the Millie Talks. And hopefully, you know, I see more people coming out listening to the show. Right. So, let's get straight into it. So, Mark Zuckerberg... Um, Bill Gates, David Green, um, what's this guy who owns 20, Forever 21, Jin Suk, and Wan Chang, right? Those are the two people who own um, Forever 21. So they are actually born Christians, guys. They were raised in a Christian home. Jin Suk and Wan Chang. Um, I know I talked about Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. They're not fully Christians. But, yeah, they say they are. Uh, yeah, that's a different story to it. Catholics, whatever it is. But my point is, I'm only focusing on Wan Chang and Jin Suks. I also talked about David Green. So, if you guys want to know about these people, you could do your research. I'm not going to really go deep in them, but for Wan Chang and Jin Suk, they are born in a Christian family. 
who had to go to church every morning and every morning they had to pray not go to church every morning. they had to go to church and they pray every morning that's what they said um Suk was once quoted that when the family first immigrated to America, she went to the top of a mountain to pray and God told her to open a store. So, Mr. Chang is famous for keeping a Bible open on his desk. And at the bottom of every Forward 21 carrier bag, if you have that carrier bag and you see John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life right so these show us that it's not only people in the occultic world that can make millions people think that um christians we're supposed to be poor and impoverished. We're supposed to be living a life where um, we just go around barefoot in sackcloth and preach about God. But what we don't understand is that that's not how we're supposed to be living. Of course. People are going to talk about, oh, what do you mean that's not how we're supposed to be living? Look at the prophets in the olden days who were in sackcloth and so forth and so forth. Some of you don't even have the office or the calling of a prophet to be talking about that. Come on, guys. If we are to bring up characters in the Bible... Then look at David. King David was not poor. King Solomon definitely was not poor. He was one of the richest men alive. I can tell you that. Job was not poor. Abraham, the father of faith, was not poor. And I could go on and on and on about characters who are not poor. Joseph, the dreamer, was not poor. And this is where we all come down. People just quote scriptures from the Bible and say things like, Oh, um, we're supposed to be poor. Um, people would quote in Matthew where they say, um, The poor in heart. Wait, I'm going to look for that scripture. Wait, let's go to it. Not the poor in heart, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Not the poor in heart. It is the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So people say poor in spirit is basically you living in poverty. Um, that's a no. That is a no, a definite no. Poor in spirit does not mean you living in an impoverished life. 
I'm going to get to the next scripture, but I definitely am going to explain this one after I move on to the next scripture. So give me a sec. I'm going to look for that scripture. Okay, so James 2 verse 5, and it reads, Hurricane my beloved brethren. Had not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he had promised to them that love him? Now, people are like, okay, God choose poor people. That's not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. But when God chooses you as a poor person, he doesn't expect you to stay in poverty, love. It's not a no and yes factor. Of course, it is true. Because where we read, let me look for that scripture too. In Proverbs 13, verse 22, God shows us that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And the sinner's wealth is led up for the righteous. So we can't say that it's good to be poor. It's not good at all to not leave an inheritance for your child. It's not good. But God called me poor. God called you poor, but he doesn't expect you to stay the same. So what do you mean God called me poor? You're broke. I'm not going to pretty it up and tell you. You're broke. You're in poverty. But he calls you out of that. He calls you out of it. Right? Let me look for another one that shows us. Here it is. In 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, if you have the English version, it reads, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Jesus became poor, and through his poverty you might become rich. He's not expecting you to be poor after he became poor for you. He took up that burden. He took that up on the cross. So I'm not expecting anybody to stay the same after hearing this, guys. Come on. Come on. I literally um, heard a lot of people talk about this. And I was like, how am I going to get this across to people? 
and show them that it's not just um it's not just about reading the bible but it's about understanding it with the help of the holy spirit understanding what it's saying and it's not just about only understanding it but it's how much light that enters you once there's light in a dark place you're able to see where your foot is being placed suppose there are nails in the dark room on the floor pointy nails without light you can't see them and you're piercing your foot every time you step that's dangerous but with the light you're able to see it and the bible tells us that the word is as a light unto our feet in the book of proverbs so we're not just saying um we're not just saying to read the bible but read it with the understanding of the holy spirit meditate on the word day and night we'll talk about meditation in our next episodes in our future episodes we'll talk about meditation my father had taught us about meditation in one of our services and i got a mild understanding of it i would say so i really have to go over it over and over and over and literally do it myself over and over and over because meditating was kind of a new thing to me back then right so yeah yeah um yeah um the bible verse which i was talking about where it says the word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path is actually in psalms the book of psalms right psalms 119 verse 105 so it's not just about um reading the bible but it's how much light that enters you beautiful right okay so we're gonna read our previous bible scriptures from part one why because i had something very important to explain to talk about it was real real important and i really believe that you guys really needed this because it's crazy right so matthew 25 let just go to it you guys are like why don't you have your your stuff open up on the spot 
We're just flowing with those. We're here, we're just flowing. It's not an iffy. Right. Um, 25 verse 40 to 30. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. Now, I really got to turn down that background noise for you guys to hear me out. Okay? Because I want you guys to hear me out. Now hear me out, guys. Now why I chose Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Because it shows us something very important. A lot of us Christians are working hard. I understand it's good to work hard. Hard. Because you receive the fruits of your labor. And for most, it's a good reward, right? But working too hard. And not working smart is what defeats almost all of us. And I have to say that for myself. I literally was working in a call center. Where it would take about four years to five years for most people to understand that it's not a good thing to do. I know a lot of us want some money on hand to do with the housing and stuff like that, children and stuff like that. But because I am a young adult and I don't have any top priority at the moment other than going to school, going to college, I didn't spend long in that field in that environment why because I felt like it was so draining I felt it was so depressing um a lot of my family members said to me that you shouldn't have quit the job you should have waited until you got a certain amount and I'm like I know I prayed I asked God for this job I asked him to get the job to get a job like this <laughs> and I literally have to say you have to be careful for what you pray for not what you wish for but what you pray for guys I'm serious be careful of what you pray for within one month of the job I hated it not even one month the first day I was crying I'm sorry to say, the first day I was crying, guys. Literally crying. And within the next five months, I said, you know what? I'm not going to let August come and I stay in this job. This is a disturbing thing to do. Call centers are one 
place that I know exploits people, especially young adults. They underpay you, they overwork you. And I'm like, I'm not a cow. I'm not an animal. I'm not supposed to be treated in this way. They don't give you what's fairly due to you. I remember um, there was this issue where they overpaid us. And you know what they did? They didn't tell us that they overpaid us. In the next pay cycle where everybody saw that um, there was some drastic decrease in the pay, they're like, oh, we overpaid you. So we had to take out this amount of your money. I'm like, you overpaid us and you didn't even tell us? That's a big red strike for me. No, no, no. I wasn't going to do it. I swear I wasn't going to do it. And the management team, they were totally disrespectful. The people were disturbing. But I met some lovely people. I met some lovely friends. And I have to say, I truly love them up to this day. I do talk to them. Not every single day. You know, I'm not a social media person every single time I'm on. No. I don't do that. I talk to them one or two times, but they are my girls and I celebrate their every wins. So with that being said, Matthew 25, 14 to 30 taught me a very lesson. So in this, um, yeah. In this um, Bible chapter, we see where Jesus gives a parable. And the parable is about a man who goes to a far country. A Lord, we would say, because the word Lord means master. So the master decides that before he leaves, he's going to give his servants some talents or in other words resources to manage while he is away now in the olden days talents mean cash money right so the master gives the first servant, I would say, because the Bible doesn't differentiate if it's the first, the second, or third. He, the Bible just tells us he gives one servant five talents. He gives another servant two talents. And then he gives another servant one talent. And what's so important about this? Why is this important? Because it shows us that God doesn't just give you something without you being able to manage it. Because there's this saying that says, God doesn't give you more than what you can bear. And it is indeed true. It's factual. This verse shows us that it's factual. The master gives according to the abilities that the servants possess the capacity that they have to carry that amount 
the one with the five talent doubled that into ten. The one with the two doubled it into four. And the one with the one, obviously, did nothing with it. It's showing us nowadays, Christians, that God is not going to give you a $10 million contract. Or he's not going to give you $10 million overall. When you only have the capacity to carry $10. He's not going to give you $5 million when you only have the capacity to carry $500. He's not going to give you $4 million when you only have the capacity to carry $4. That's what it's showing you here. Because right after... After he gave them, let me see here. Uh -huh. Chapter 15. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. God gives us what we can manage, what our capacity carries. The capacity that we carry, sorry, is what God gives us accordingly. You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, man, I thought I was going to get a million dollars. Ooh, this is the rainy season. Okay, so what I'm saying is that, of course, God gives us what our capacities can carry. So expand your capacity. How you do that? Meditate on the word. You meditate on the word. You pray. You focus on God. You focus on the kingdom. Because through wealth, God spreads his kingdom. Through prosperity, God spreads his kingdom. Right? Um, hold up. Hold up. So I wanted to go a bit more deeper, but the time is, of course, limited. <laughs> So, what I wanted to do was for you guys to just send in your questions, and I'll answer them on 
the next show. Right? We could go up to a whole one hour episode. Okay, guys? But not today. <laughs> um, I just want you guys to just give in your questions, your most burning questions that you always wanted to know. Right? So, I'm going to drop the email address in um, the episode description, right? So, you guys can go there and check it out. Also, I'm going to put the Bible verses that we've used for today and a little extra Bible verses that you guys can go over and read as well. So, with that being said, just wanna. With that being said, guys, we're gonna continue with the prosperity gospel, and this is gonna be some few episodes. Right, guys, this is gonna be. Um, not some long, watered-out episode. I just want to give you guys some brief introductions. So part one and part two are brief introductions into the prosperity gospel. Um, but for part three to five, we're going to go into some deeper revelation I just wanted to warm you guys up so you guys get an understanding of what it is, how it works, and how to use it at the best of your ability. A lot of people are like, prosperity gospel is false and so forth, but to tell you the honest truth, it's not really so. Because prosperity to everybody's ears is good news, right? And the word gospel, of course, is the word eugalian, meaning good news. The good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what I'm just showing you is the gospel of wealth that the Bible teaches us. It's not something that um, is wrong. It's not a sin to desire wealth because God places the desires within us, right? He do, he places the desires in our hearts, right? So it's not a sin. But what is, is loving wealth more than God. That is definitely a sin. You can't love 
money more than God because that's worshiping the devil himself. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of evil, but the love of it. Because the Bible tells us that we should love no other God than him. And worshiping money can lead you straight to hell. No jokes. And I'm not frightening or trying to scare you guys, but it's the truth. And this is the Truth Talk Show. We speak about the truth. Because the truth always opens the door to your freedom. Right? So, don't be alarmed when you hear people talk about prosperity gospel. There's a lot of negative light on it. A lot of bad light on the prosperity gospel. People make it look like, oh, it's witchcraft that makes you rich, when it's entirely not true. So this is where we debunk the myths, the lies, and the propaganda spread about God's word when it comes to gaining wealth. I love you, my gummy bears. I love you all. And... I hope to see you guys in episode three, where we begin to go deeper into the prosperity gospel. Love you guys. Bye.